You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,234 and our interview number 1,547. We've been on the air since March of 2009, and we are the longest-running business podcast emanating from beautiful Orange County, California. In a world where everything is digital, using it to your advantage can come with great benefits. But not all digital transformations are successful. The key reason companies fail at digital transformations is they don't undertake a focused, disciplined approach. Author of Why Digital Transformations Fail, Tony Saldana, is here to discuss a step-by-step approach to take off and to stay ahead in digital transformations. Tony, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Hey, thank you, Richard. My pleasure. It's great to have authors on here. I love your book. I uh, have it right here in my hands, and I appreciate uh, you being willing to share a little bit of the content of your book today. The title is Why Digital Transformations Fail, The Surprising Disciplines of How to Take Off and Stay Ahead. What's the main idea contained in your book, Tony? The main idea is that digital transformations, um, which are critical, by the way, because we're in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution. And as you know, industrial revolutions have exponential winners and exponential losers, right? Digital transformation, 70% of digital transformations fail because of two simple reasons. One, because there is a lot of hype around how you define digital transformation. I interviewed a 100 CXOs and asked them one question, which is, how do you define digital transformation? And I got answers ranging from, hey, this is old stuff. This is all hyped up. You know, didn't we have digital watches in the 1970s all the way through? Isn't this the AI stuff, right? So being extremely clear about digital transformation is the rewiring of your company to be successful in the fourth industrial revolution and setting your goals accordingly. That's reason number one. Reason number two they fail is because The methodology that's used to execute digital transformations are really driven by IT project management methodology. They do not include things like organization change management and, you know, what happens to your people and redesigning entire processes from scratch. And and that's basically my learnings over 30 years, including having run, you know, uh, P&G's famed global business services operations. This is a really large $2 billion operations uh, in every region of the world uh, over the last 27 years. Tony, if you could, for our audience, which are, you know, business owners and CEOs from across North America, define in your terms and as you do in the book, what is meant in your book and in your on this interview today by a digital transformation. Can you define that for us? Yes, and, and that's a fantastic question. So the way I define digital transformation, actually, before I do that, let me step back. Let me define digital disruption. Digital disruption is basically what digital technology is doing to every business, every government, and the entire society, because this is a technology that is changing the way society operates, the way governments operate, the way startups, medium-sized companies, and large companies operate. Everything from you have AI capability 
taking decisions and robots doing stuff that humans used to do, right? So that is digital disruption. Digital transformation is the rewiring of your company to be successful in the fourth industrial revolution. And very specifically, what it means is one of three things. You either change your business model. So, i.e., instead of having physical stores, you now have, uh, you know, electronic e-business kind of stuff, right? So that's one possibility. The second possibility is that your internal operations, which used to be, you know, automated but not necessarily to that new technology and new process level, that gets completely revamped. So, you know, you're twice as efficient and ten times more agile. And the third possibility is that you introduce smart products. So instead of having regular toothbrushes, you have smart toothbrushes or smart cars, you know, so on and so forth. And that one of the one or more of those three things is essentially what is needed to be successful in the fourth industrial revolution. We're talking with Tony Saldana. He's the author of Why Digital Transformations Fail, The Surprising Disciplines of How to Take Off and Stay Ahead. I, I was curious, uh, what advice would you have for a CEO of a business to not allow a digital transformation project to really reside solely and exclusively in the world of their IT department or with their CTO or CIO? Um, actually, I think that's one of the most important learnings, which is that, you know, people talk about digital strategy. In my mind, there is no digital strategy. There is a business strategy, mm. including digital as a component. And if you follow that logic, then the digital transformation and the digital strategy resides with the CEO. It resides with the board of directors, not with the technology organization. And so the point you're making, Richard, is absolutely critical. This has got to be owned by the CEO. But they can be, if they're not uh, technical in a sense or comfortable with technology, it could be somewhat of a, you know, uh, out of water kind of a scenario for them to feel ownership for a project maybe that they don't fully understand kind of the intricacies of what's being done to their business to transform it into a you know into a digital platform um yes and and that is a challenge mckinsey and and others have done studies that basically say that you know no more than 20% of all boards and ceos currently have the digital technical capability uh, that's required to run their day-to-day -day businesses. Now, even having said that, I make the case, I argue, that firstly, yes, they have to make attempts to understand what it is that's going to drive them out of business. So mm -hmm. that should never be an excuse. And then the second thing that I say is that if you agree with the statement that digital transformation is business strategy, then the best CEOs, the best board members, they are able to use information from the IT organization and other experts, including external consultants, to help them make that decision. What goes wrong is when they, dis they delegate the decision-making. The execution can be, of course, delegated, right? But the ownership of, I strongly believe that my company should go in this direction, and I'm going to hold myself accountable uh, to see that it's on track, that needs to reside with the leader. Excellent. What was the inspiration for you writing this book? Oh, that's a good question. So it was a combination of stuff. Um, I, um, I always, uh, I was fascinated by airplanes. I'm a little bit of an airplane geek. And I noticed that, you know, 
throughout my career, the steps that I was following to increase my chances of digital transformation success seem to have a lot of things in common with the, uh, the checklist that were followed by pilots during, you know, takeoff, right? And so um, I had this at the back of my mind at some, some point in time, I got to write this. So about a year ago, uh, when um, I retired from PNG, actually a couple of years before that, I started to put things down and, and, and try and do that in a, way, in a manner uh, that was storytelling rather than technology. And, you know, before I knew it, the book was ready to go. So let's get inside the book now, if we could. And, you know, we, I talked about in the open a step, a disciplined approach. I know that you, you have a step-by-step approach. Can you, at a high level, just take us through some of the stages that you write about in your book to have a successful digital transformation? Yes, absolutely. So what I do in the book is, you know, to address the, the question, the, the issue that I was talking earlier about, you know, all of this hype gets in the way of leaders, understanding what goals to set. So the first thing that I do in the book is I define a five-stage model for digital transformation, where stage one is automation. So this is basically where you could use systems and software and IT projects to automate the way you currently do work, right? Step five, so stage five all the way to the other end, is basically when you have changed the DNA of the organization so the organization is continuously seeking to reinvent itself. And that's when you become like a Netflix, which has disrupted itself at least three or four times from mail and DVD to streaming content to, uh, you know, original programming and so on and so forth. Right? In between, the stages are stage two is siloed, where you might have functions or geographies that start to work on completely rewiring. I mean, not just 10% change through automation, but changing the entire business model, right, or or the products. Stage three is when you actually do that systemically across the company. The CEO says, this is going to be a strategy. This is what Jeff Immel tried to do when he was uh, CEO of General Electric uh, a few years ago. Uh, But stage three basically says, you start on that journey, but for various reasons, you are not able to complete that, right? Stage four is the stage at which the company has rewired itself digitally successfully at least one time. Uh, but as we know, in a world of constant disruption, that's not enough. Uh, you need to actually change the organization culture, which is step stage five, before you can actually become an ongoing, sustainable winning machine. So in the book, I define these five stages. And then for each of those two stages, I identify two disciplines, and disciplines, you know, rank all the include all the way from, you know, goal setting, ownership from the leader, so ownership commitment, right? And I give examples um, all the way from governments to you know famous CEOs like Jeff Bezos and what he did at Amazon at um, Washington Post when we when he acquired them. He gave a lot of freedom, by the way, to the editors, but for the technology team. He actually worked with the technologists on a day-to-day basis to define the technology stack. That's real leadership commitment to drive transformation. And then all the way, you know, towards stage five, when I talk about how do you change the organization culture of each and every individual in the organization. We're talking with Tony Saldana, author of Why Digital Transformations Fail. 
and I asked him to sort of take us through some of the big ideas that are in the book, and he took us through the five stages uh, of an organization's development to be a successful digital uh, company. And one of the things that I kind of want to peel back a little bit, Tony, is when you said with your example of Netflix, and so for those CEOs out there who are either just beginning a digital transformation or maybe just completed one, uh, I think I heard you say, one is never enough. It sort of like becomes the culture of the company to continually innovate internally. Yes, now that that is absolutely true, Richard. Um, I want to kind of share with you an anecdote. So, uh, 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 a few weeks ago, when I was doing uh, a book launch in my hometown in Cincinnati, during the Q and A, you know, one of the audience members said, "Hey, you know, can you explain to us what happened with MapQuest? Because in the early two thousands, that was incredibly disruptive. You know, we went from doing physical maps to essentially looking up stuff and, and following directions on MapQuest. And he said, today I went to MapQuest, and it was a horribly unusable site. <laughs> and, and this is a great example of what happens, which is, so it was disruptive once, but, you know, between GPS on your phones and, you know, the ability to ask Siri or, or Cortana or whatever for directions, I mean, it's become irrelevant, right? And so... This is what happens during industrial revolutions. Changes come in waves. And so just because you've disrupted yourself once is no guarantee that you're not going to get disrupted again. So, so if I could, what it sounds like is you almost have to have a continuous circle of digital transformation and improvement across your business to take a fresh set of eyes at what you just created to make sure that it continues to be relevant because it may not be enough to stand the test of time, right? The business model lifespan can be a lot shorter, even though you've now modernized it. It may not last nearly as long as the process that you replaced going through a digital transformation, it sounds like you're saying, Tony. That, that is very true. That is very, very accurate. Um, and there are various models which are used in the industry to show this. Uh, one which is my favorite is, you know, a series of S-curves. So, you know, basically just imagine you know, uh, drawing an S and then another S on top and so on and so forth. And what those depict is that new business models and technologies, you know, have an accelerating period to go to the top of the S and then they decline. And by the time they start to decline, if you haven't started working on your next S curve, which is how do I go up, uh, and then, you know, that's going to decline, then obviously you're going to be a, um, uh, you know, shooting star. Uh, it, you know, it, it's basically going to be a, a one-hit wonder, right? And so companies have to reckon, recognize, as you were correctly saying, Richard, that those periods of relevance are becoming, becoming shorter and shorter. So these S-curves have to become faster. The, the last kind of area that I wanted to have you give uh, the audience the benefit of your experience and what you talk about in the book is the people element of this, because just the conversation can sound to me like you could have fatigue within your company. As the CEO of your company, you just ran them through a big project. Everybody's happy. It's successful. When do you go to them and say, hey, that was great. Now we need to do it again. Or now we need to start thinking about doing it again. How does that work in companies? Um, you know, that, that is a really interesting topic. Um, so when I, uh, when I was in Procter & Gamble's, you know, whichever multi-billion dollar shares of an IT organization, we actually declared to our organization that we were basically going to uh, restructure ourselves every couple of years, right? And so what happened was it almost become, becomes an expectation uh, of the organization. You know, 
they almost start to get antsy after a couple of years. It's like, oh, we just finished that previous program a couple of years ago. When are we starting the new one, right? And you would think that that would drive a lot of, you know, fear and uncertainty in the organization. In our experience, what it drove was actually, you know, you companies have this annual satisfaction survey of employees. In our organization, that was actually 10 points above company average because people felt like, oh, we are always ahead of the curve. We are innovators. We are good. Um, and then, of course, you, in, you know, invest in training and building capabilities, and that feeds upon itself. Interesting. I'm wondering, in addition to the book, what other resources do you have available that kind of support the book? And if you have some, could you describe them um, to our audience so they can understand what else you've made available beyond a well-written, well-researched book? Yeah, so I, uh, I, I have in my um, a website, which is uh, www.transformant.io, so that's the words transform and ant, the, the insect ant, kind of mushed into one, .io, India Oscar. Uh, what I've done in there is provided additional resources, so checklists. And then what I do is I also have a, uh, a two-weekly newsletter that you know, gets into real details of you know, one or two specific topics, including case studies. Um, so the web's a wonderful resource. The other you know, sources of inspiration for me have been you know, a couple of other books. Um, Dr. Atul Gawande uh, basically published a book called The Checklist Manifesto that applied the same airline checklist methodology to the medical industry a few years ago very, very successfully. Uh, it reduced the, the rate of errors in the medical industry dramatically. So that was a great source of inspiration. And another book that I like a lot is um, Vivek Wadhwa's uh, The Driver in the Driverless Car uh, that does a really good job of laying out the pros and cons of new technology and, and how you have to think your way through it. Uh, so those are some of the resources that I find extremely useful. I want to thank you for your time, and uh, I know you gave your website. Any other uh, ways that people can get in touch with you or learn more about you that you didn't mention in the previous segment? Um, the, the website is, is a really good resource. I'm also very, very active on LinkedIn. Uh, just find me on Tony Saldana. And then uh, also, obviously, Twitter, uh, at Tony underscore Saldana. And always willing to engage and, and, and learn. So please feel free to get in touch. Well, thank you for the commitment to putting together a 200-page page turner, frankly. And for any business CEO or business owner running a small or middle market company, um, the lessons and the experiences of much larger brethren can be shared and learned from. So thank you, Tony, for putting your experience and research into words and writing this book, Why Digital Transformations Fail. Thank you very much, Richard. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Have a good day, my friend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd also like to thank our engineer today, Paul Roberts, for his engineering wizardry and our three producers without whom we could not do this show each week, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and our newest producer who used to be sitting here in the studio all summer but now is back at school and she's in class, probably Nicole Terry. If you want to connect with me, let's do it on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, and that's spelled F-R-A-N-Z-I. Until next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show. 
focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.